This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just like London buses, you wait 15 years for one Croatian to sign for City and two come along at once. With the Kovacic deal all but secured, we'll turn our attention to his international teammate, Jasko Gvardiol, who looks Etihad bound too. It's Wednesday the 21st of June. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. And I'm Ollie Kirsch. And this is the City Report Podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Well, Ollie McCall, we're jumping straight on after Australia have just won by two wickets in the first test of the Ashes. Um, thoughts that are, are broadcastable, I must say. We don't want any any charges. <laughs> Uh, I, I wish we could wrap this podcast up as quickly as um, Ben Stokes declared on day one and all of that. And I can make a million different jokes and puns, but ultimately that's a big blow, isn't it? Um, you know, I, I I never thought I'd be more nervous about a sports game than I was, you know, 11 days ago. Mm. And um, we get to day five of the first Ashes test and I've got no nails left. I feel mm. sick. I feel horrible. Um, but at least I get to come on and talk about Manchester City and that'll cheer me up a bit because at the end of the day, we did win a treble, you know. We did. 
11 days ago. So I can't, I, you know, asking for an Ashes and a treble in one year is a bit too much, isn't it, really? So, you know, take what you can get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a fantastic game. Um, maybe we'll start a city report. <laughs> well, yeah, in the end, it wasn't. It was a fantastic game. It wasn't a fantastic result. Um, but that's all in England. It was nothing to do with the the, the absolute shocking uh, Australian cricket. Anyway, Ollie Kirsch, welcome back. You've been away for some time. Uh, nice little stag do that morphed into a wedding that included City's treble celebrations at the same time too. It, it looked like a decent couple of weeks. Yeah, it was. It was. Stag do, wedding, you know, stag do, then the Champions League final, the Saturday night, the wedding on the Monday, uh, and then just carried on and stayed out there for a, a little bit of a break with the missus and Lillian. So, nice. yeah, it was It was good. Obviously, shame not to be in Istanbul, uh, but I, I kind of squared it internally with the fact that I did Porto a couple of years ago. So, yeah, uh, albeit the resort was a bit different, but uh, no, I had a cracking time. I was out there with a few blues as well. So, obviously, we all watched it together. Uh, and yeah, what a mad couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah, you obviously haven't yet had chance to sort of give your, um, well, sort of considered take now, I'm guessing 10 days on, but you know, what, what were you feeling at full time of the Inter Milan game? What were you feeling in the sort of the days after, you know, when City were lapping up the celebrations and stuff like that? You know, what were you feeling? What do you feel? Because we've all sort of waxed lyrical about it for mm. well, hours on end, really. So, So what were your thoughts? Initially, it was just raw emotion. I mean, obviously, the celebrations when the full time whistle went, and then my dad FaceTimed me, and he was in Manchester for it. So he was out on the streets partying with everyone in town. <laughs> um, and, and that was just really emotional, to be honest. It's like, you know, we've finally done it. Uh, that, that weight is off our shoulders, if you will, mm. as a club. You know, uh, and now we're the ones on Twitter saying, War a UCL and War a treble, which is great. <laughs> but, you know, we, we finally got over that hurdle. Um, and now. I don't know. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Because half of me mm. is just like, I, I couldn't care less what happens now. I can just enjoy City knowing that we've done it all, we've seen it all, we've witnessed it all, we've felt it all. Mm. The other half of me is just thinking, go and ruin football, go and do a double treble, press on, go and win every trophy available to us again, which would be five this season or six. Six. It'll be the six. Yeah, two six. Uh, and really get the piss boiling. So either way, I'll be happy. As long as it's not like a middling campaign, I would rather we either win everything or just for the jokes get relegated. <laughs> Nothing in between, please. Um, so, see, I'm a bit different. Obviously, you know, we're, we're a good few weeks um, sort of away from this yet, but I, I'm sort of, and I'll pass this over to you, Ollie McCall, but I'm, I'm sort of thinking like, I wouldn't want another treble because that that treble, obviously City's first Champions League win, beating United in the FA Cup final, doing the free P on the way to winning the Premier League, having looked like you weren't going to do it again. Yes, it would be great to to win the treble for a second time, but that that treble was was arguably perfect. You know, I don't know if there's an element to it that I would change. Even the final against Inter Milan, looking back at it, I watched it back on, um, went out for a few drinks on Saturday with some old mates and I stuck it on the TV and it was the first time I'd watched the match sort of sort of extended highlights on a television because I'd only seen it on my phone and on a small screen and obviously in person. And I was as nervous then as I was sort of approaching full time. So I wouldn't have even changed the Inter Milan game. That treble was perfect. I don't want this next one to be like to be better. I take a Club World Cup, I take a Super Cup, probably the Carabao Cup to give uh, Erling Haaland that in his trophy cabinet and, and Alvarez as well, of course. But I'm quite happy with the treble as it was. 
Yeah, I, I I find myself torn because you know, as a, as a fan, as a fan, you know, you want you want to see your your team win everything, and you know, just do, see things that other people haven't. Mm. But you know, it, it, I don't know how it gets better than that. I don't know how it gets better than that feeling that we all had that night, and you know, for the days after. Um, does mm. it? I, I'm not sure it does. An- another treble, I don't think it would feel is brilliant because it's like okay so we've already done it it's like you know um winning i don't know when we winning, winning the premier league the second time it's great the first time mm. it's a mind-blowing yeah. experience but the second time it's like okay this is now expected of us and it, and it, we mm. kind of had and i think all you can kind of put it back to with when pep came and it almost felt like a reset for the club in a way and i think mm. it definitely does looking back now at the last seven years that felt like a seismic reset of how this club operates because it was, we had a, a disappointing season that had been relatively expectant of City, you know, finishing in the top four, but not really achieving much else. Mm. And then we go on this extraordinary period of domination. I don't mm. want that to end, but at the same time, if it did, I don't, I wouldn't feel dissatisfied because my club's, my club's won the treble, has yours. Unless you're one of the club in this country, <laughs> then you haven't. And that's that one of the club we beat you in the FA Cup final. Um, I'm not even in football mode, really. You know, we started this podcast talking about the Ashes. That's that's kind of where my thinking is. It's, it's kind of mm. weird, almost two weeks on coming back to talk about this. But, um, you know, there, there, there's just hugely exciting things around Manchester City all the time. And I think it'll, that feeling will kick back in, you know, when we get to the start of the Premier League season, we'll be up and yeah. ready for it. Especially if we do win this Community Shield, which obviously, you know, there's a lot of serious issues around and no doubt on this podcast, it'll be touched on at some point about what's going on there. But, you know, ultimately, are, are we ready to really be thinking about doing a treble again or winning the Premier League again <laughs> or winning the Champions League or whatever? I'm not. I'm not in that headspace at all. Um, I'm just, I'm still kind of half enjoying it, really. You know, every time I see a picture of Jack Grealish, just, I just think, yeah, he's having a good time in his life, and that's all that matters, really. Well, funnily enough, what Caldoun said in his interview was that they immediately are already looking forward within the club uh, at, at next season, and I just think about all the achievements now and the records that we've got, and you would say, so we, you know, we've done the treble, we've done the domestic quad, we've done a hundred points. All of these things, all of these headline titles, if you will, that a team mm. can claim to have. You know, I'm not talking about obscure records like most away wins, that kind of thing. The, the headline, which we have things, most of the time, which anyway. we do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we 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 hold the vast majority of those, but of the big ones, there's only one established one that we've not done yet, which is Invincibles. I'm not too bothered about that one ultimately because. I mean, they they had what twelve draws or something crazy, and City don't play like that. Look, we always play to win, and inevitably that means you're going to take some L's. But the other one is one that has never been done, which is well, there's two actually. One is four Premier League titles in a row. That's never been done. The most is the Rags twice doing three in a row, and a double treble. That that mm. that is that would then set us apart in our own right from everyone else. So. Like I say, I don't really want that kind of middling in between, like you said, Amos, you know, maybe a Super Cup, Carabao Cup, Club World Cup and one other, that kind of thing. For me, I think I think we've we've got to once again raise the bar uh, and do something that truly may never been may never be done again. Um the only one of these that we do hold is that we are the only club to win the top division title and be relegated the following season. <laughs> so there you go. We we've got to do something exciting. Um Yeah. 
And if certain people get their way, we might be relegated anyway with these charges. But I highly doubt that. Yeah, I I guess I'll wrap up on this before we move on to the main topic and and say I kind of like the the idea of mortality in a sense. I like the idea of something being just out of reach. And for a long time, that was obviously the the Champions League. And and for whatever reason, and, and, and this is why it's so poetic to me, the treble and the Champions League sort of came out of nowhere in a sense. Three, four months ago, we didn't think City would win anything. So for him to happen all in one season, I think he's fantastic. But um, another reason we can't win the treble, because I, I think Jack Grealish genuinely would die of liver damage and, and nobody wants to see that. Um, right, OK, let, let's move into the main topic then, because we are here to speak about one of City's transfer targets. Obviously, that is Vardiol. Um now, the guys on Monday's show, if you haven't noticed by now, it's a bit of a reduced schedule, just the three episodes this week. So we'll be with you on Friday, which, Ollie, we will speak about the, the Community Shield and the shenanigans with that. But obviously, Kovacic was mentioned or briefly mentioned, but that, that deal's pretty much done. We spoke about him quite a few times, actually, in the last few weeks. So you can you can scroll through the episodes and you can get our takes on that. Obviously, his his Croatian teammate looks like he'll be signing for City. But quickly then, before we get into it, does anyone remember the last Croatian to play for City 15 years ago? Fingers on the buzzer. Nastasic. Nastasic wasn't no, Croatian. No, Serbian, isn't he? Yeah, Serbian. and it was Karluka. Yeah, Karluka, a, a brief shot. spell before uh, Harry Redknapp came through his uh, car window to try and snatch him away from pretty much every club he was at. Um, right, okay then. Oli McCool, I'll start with you. City will push for, for Gvardiol after the Kovacic deal is completed with personal terms on the verge of being agreed with the Croatian centre-back. RB Leipzig want, in quotation marks, way more than the reported €80 million euros fee which i believe comes in with some sort of loose currency exchange around 64 million pounds or, or something along them lines um but first of all you know quick thoughts on the deal itself we'll get into the specifics of the fees of the player but is this a is this a move that you're happy to see city take yeah 100 percent. i mean at the end of the day how many world-class left-footed center halves can you think of that can do a really good job at left back are there? There aren't that many, and I'd argue Manchester City have two of them at the moment. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, one of them wants to go. Completely fair, considering the playing time Laporte's had. Mm. But if Guardiola if Guardiol comes in, that's the perfect replacement. Um, you know, and he's so much younger as well. Now, what is he? Twenty one, twenty two. Uh, so much. 20, yeah, twenty one, isn't he? 21. So much. So yes, we've much. got 20, we've got 21, and we've got 22. He's definitely 21. <laughs> he's, he's it, yeah, exactly. He's it, he's it, exactly. So, you know, he's a, he's a very, very young player. Um, and he's built like a brick shithouse, which we all love to see in a centre-half. You know, that's what you want to see in a, in a big centre-half. But you see him, and he, and, he, and he passes the ball beautifully. He's a really, he's a really good kind of stalwart at the back. And I just think he mm. would add so much to this City team, especially in the system we're playing at the moment. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that's the case, obviously, um, having watched him for, for a but I'd probably say burst onto my scene maybe about 18 months ago, two years ago, when he was still a teenager. He, he obviously featured for Croatia at the Euros in some capacity, got a stronger, a bigger role at the recent World Cup. But um, Oli Kirsch, in, in terms of the fee, because obviously, as mentioned there in the, in the report, it's, it's likely to be more than €80 million, Euros, which is around £65 million or thereabouts. We're probably going to look at about £80 million, maybe rising to, towards that £100 million barrier, but, but I'd, I'd be surprised if it did sort of go into triple figures. 
is that something that you're being put off by? I've seen quite a few people tweet their concerns, saying they're not sure on this fella, mainly because of the fee. It's a lot of money for a defender. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, he probably would rock it to to being the most expensive central defender of all time, behind one Sir Harry Maguire. But you know, is it money that you think City should spend on a 21-year-old, as we've just clarified? Well, I mean, we've, we've spent... Firstly, if we're just looking back at the market, Laporte was, what, 50-odd million back in... Uh, but yeah, I think it came about 60. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah like and, and I think Stones was similar. Yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned Harry Maguire a few years ago at 80 million. So... Is this really that out of kilter to the market, considering where we were five years ago? Not really, to be honest. Is it a big price tag? Objectively, yes. It's still on the upper end of a price tag that any centre-half would go for. But as Ollie's just said, he's 20, 21, 22 years old. 21 years old. Um, <laughs> he's 21 years old. He's, he's one of the most highly rated young defenders in Europe. He's got the rare attribute of being a left-footed centre-back mm, and a left-footed centre-back. Yeah. yeah, a left-footed centre-back that can get up and down the pitch as well and loves to contribute going forward, which is huge for us and the way we like to play. So is it value for money? I mean, ultimately... Only time will tell. And that's the same answer we should give for any Manchester Mm. City signing. But do we often get it wrong, especially with the big money signings? No. You can count them on less than one hand for the big money signings that we have really got wrong, under Pep at least. And quickly, quick, who would you well, say them are? Because I'm, I'm trying to think. Obviously, there's a certain French left back which was wrong correct. for another reason, and we'll put yep. him into one side. And, and thankfully, now he has left the club um, mm-hmm. for anyone who missed that news. But but other than that, I'm, I'm struggling to really think Claudio Bravo um, wasn't Nelita. exactly you know, big money. Wasn't in terms of that money. sort of 50, 60 million pound bracket, though, City very rarely drop a bollock do they no well it, it's the french left back and one calvin phillips for whom the jury is still out because mm. we shouldn't judge any city signing by the first season um if we did that and we sold our stocks in Grealish last season would have been laughed at because he's just won a mm. treble with us as one of the key parts of that team so we we don't tend to get it wrong with the big money signings but there's also context here that's really important the first one is that we are making money hand over fist People are in denial, but it's true. 300-odd million pound in prize money and TV money this Mm. season from winning the treble. The sponsorships that are going to come out the back of that, the the season ticket sales, the the ticket sales, the merchandise, all of these things. City are making money hand over fist. We are the biggest revenue. We, We are turning over the most revenue in Europe, like it or not. The second thing is... We will intersperse these big money signings like Josko Guardiol with unbelievable value signings like Kovacic at 25 million. Mm. This isn't a situation where it's going to be one 80 million pound signing after another. We ain't Man United. That isn't how we operate, right? So when we come out the back end of this summer window, we might have a 200 million pound spend. And yes, we might have one player that's 80 or 90, but then we'll have three that are between the 20 and 40 mark. Mm-hmm. So... The context here is important. So is it affordable? Yes. Is it outrageous in accordance to the market? No. In theory, on paper, is he value for money given his age and his his attributes? Yes. So I ain't got any problems with this price tag. And ultimately, final point, most important one, I implicitly trust the Manchester City recruitment team because we don't get it wrong. And frankly, as a fan, if your opinion on a player is based solely on his transfer fee, 
then you're just a bit of an idiot, frankly. You know, if, if you're more bothered about the finances of deals and that being the decision whether you buy a player, whether you're happy with a, with a player coming in or not, do something else mm. with your life. Like, on, on this sport, sport in general, but this sport especially, is about how it makes you feel. It's about emotions. And seeing great players come in the door and turn into even better ones under a manager like Pep, it's. It, I think it's one of the most exciting things about being a Manchester City fan, really. You know, aside all the trophies we win, aside all the great moments we have on the pitch, seeing so many players who look a talent but come in and then become one of the best, if not the best in the world in their position, I think that's special, whatever the cost. I mean, people people snuffed at, you know, 50 million on Kyle Walker in 2017. People snuffed at 50 million on John Stones in 2016. People snuffed at 60 million on Ruben Diaz in 2021. How wrong they all were. And even if you look at the smaller signings, you know, Nathan Ake at 40 million, what a bargain that's turned out to be. 15 million for Julian Alvarez, 50 million for Haaland. You know, it all adds up, yes, but ultimately, if you're that bothered about transfer fees, then be an accountant. Don't be a football <laughs> fan. And we, and you know we know how many we know how many amateur accountant accountants there are on Twitter. You know Manchester mm, City fans never true, hear the end of true. that. But at the end of the day, if that's if that's what makes you decide whether you like a player coming in or not, then grow up a bit, frankly. Yeah, I, th- I think we can listen. I think it's valid to have an opinion on transfer fee, of course. But it's, for anyone's like the only time that fans should ever have a problem with transfer fees. And I mean, a real problem say, oh, this is bad business before they've even played a single minute or kicked a ball for the club is if you're the fan of a club like Chelsea, where okay, I was gonna say that. your transfer dealings are clearly putting the club in jeopardy mm. or even Leeds, where you're looking at potentially going down and splashing 35 million on a player in January, right? If your club is in a financially healthy state, then I agree with you. There's mm-hmm. no reason to have a problem with City spending 80, 90 million on a player. Shouldn't be any issue at all. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I subscribe to those points as well. You know, looking at Chelsea, you can see their business isn't sort of as cohesive as City as well. And they just seem to be splashing 60, 70 million pounds on anybody that is in between the age range of, what, 19 and 23. And by all accounts, they have gone after Gvardio, which which leads me on to my next point, Oli Kirsch, and I'll stick with you for this. Is this sort of, we started with Haaland a little bit, but Digging a little bit deeper, obviously there's the pep effect, there's the, some may say tenuous, but others would argue quite strong links to Manchester City and having been a supporter, as, a, as you know, there, there was other bits at play there that some would say, you know, using City as a, as a stepping stone to Real Madrid, maybe down the future, who knows, but there's other bits at play there which some would say maybe led uh, Haaland to picking City over somewhere someone else, whatever it is, that, that was last year but do you think this is now the real turning point for City in the market where they can go after the most sought after player in Europe, now I for anyone who doesn't know, work in sort of writing transfer news stories, very tedious job but it is what it is, it pays the bills I've wrote stories this, this year about Tottenham being after Gavardiol I've wrote stories about Chelsea I've wrote stories about Liverpool, I've even wrote stories about Manchester United and Newcastle being after him, Bayern Munich reportedly, Real Madrid, you know every top club in Europe you could imagine have been at some point tracking or trying to go after this fella, is this the turning point, is this the real watershed for City where they can go after the big man, the biggest name or the most sought after name and say, yeah, come to City, and they go, all right then, yeah, okay then. I think that was a while ago, to be fair. I think that was two or three years ago. I think it's been the case for a while now where the the only reason, if, if we're going purely on footballing terms, 
and future prospects of the club and the way that the foundations are built to be successful in not only this season, but in two, three, four, five years' time. I think we've been that club for a while. The only reason for me that a player would want to go elsewhere is, for example, in the case of Bernardo, whether it's to, you know, to do with geography or mm. uh, quality of life and just being able to be outdoors after 4pm without freezing your tits off or getting <laughs> soaked through, right? So In you've got summer. those, yeah, you've got personal reasons, which I get. And then you may also have, um, call them footballing ideological reasons, if you will. So, you know, players that have grown up worshipping um, the Ronaldinho's of the world or the Zinedine Zidane's and they want to go to Madrid or they want to go mm. to Barcelona or they want to go to Bayern. From a purely footballing perspective, I think we've been the most attractive prospect in Europe for a while. Now, yes, it's absolutely confirmed. There's there's no debate. The only issue is obviously Pep's looming contract again in two years, at the end mm. of his contract. But even then, I don't think Pep will go anywhere else in Europe and we are the best set to pick up the next best manager after him anyway, whoever it is, because we just planned so well. So, yeah, yeah, I don't agree that this is the turning point. I think from a footballing perspective, that's been the case for a couple of years. I think if players are taking into account more than just a footballing perspective, there are some intangibles that we can never beat anyway. Um, and if, if we could, then Bernardo wouldn't be going anywhere. True, true. Um, I, I will say I wouldn't be surprised if Guardiola does stay. Oh, no, I wouldn't be surprised, but I... At this point, expect Guardiola to leave at the end of his contract in 2025. But I don't think we can underestimate how important winning the Champions League is for player recruitment after that. Because it really, you know, City, Oli, I think you, Oli McCall, I think you sent the um, the graphic into the group the other day where it's got every, the badge of every Champions League winner. And then just obviously nestled at the bottom in the in the bottom right hand corner is City's badge. And and again, we speak about when will it sink in? And I think one of that was one of the moments where for me, I'm looking at it going, bloody hell, City are champions of Europe. And, you know, further down the line, perhaps that might play into it because City have won one. Who knows what will happen next season? Maybe that's why uh, someone like Vardiol is looking to come to the club. But um, we'll, we'll park it there for part one. Join us in a moment as we uh, move on to sort of discuss who he is, what he might bring to the team and why City are chasing him. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your penultimate episode of the season. Obviously, the football season is well and truly finished by now, but we'll be uh, taking a short hiatus for a couple of weeks at the end of this week. Let's move on to what sort of player he is then. Um, Oli McCall, starting with you. 21 years old, as we as we uh, discovered, he's he's 21 until he's 22, as the the famous old meme says. Um, six foot one tall, already has 21 caps for the Croatian national team, as we've discovered as well. Left footer who plays, uh, who has played left back before, but predominantly is a left sided centre half. You've been watching him a little bit. What do you make of him? What will he bring to City? And and is he the the right fit for you? Do you think? I'll start with the last question. I think he's almost the perfect fit for City, really. He kind of reminds me of how City used to buy centre-backs a couple of years ago. You know, we'd buy them at this kind of 21 Mm. to 23 age and then develop them into world-class stars. And I think that's what we're going to see here, you know. You know, one of his nicknames, Gvadiol, is Mini Pep because he's so technically proficient with the ball at his feet. (sighs) Um, And I don't think it's just because of his last name either. Obviously, that's helped. 
Um, but mm, he is he, he is phenomenally technically proficient at, with the, with the ball at his feet. Incredible passer of the ball, eighty four percent pass completion over the last year or so. I'm just nicking this off FB ref just for anyone who wants to debate it. This is what they say. Um, but you know, you you watch him and you just think, you know, I don't want to use this cliche because we said it about John Stones many times. But he's a Rolls Royce centre half. He's he's a proper. Mm you know, aggressive centre-half, as you'd probably expect someone from where he where he's from in the world to be and the upbringing he's had football-wise. Um, and playing in the Bundesliga, that's what improves you with the ball. That's what improves you, you know, creating plays, you know, making making space for yourself to go on those kind of forward runs that we see him do time and time, especially from left-back. And I think mm. that's one of the reasons City is so interested in him. You know, they're not... We've spent five years looking for a left-back. Um you know, we're not going to, and if we haven't found one at that point who's good enough for us, then you've got to kind of reconsider. And we see in the shape, we don't need a traditional up and down left back. We need someone who can come out occasionally, do a bit of a job, but ultimately is performing mostly as a centre half. And I think that's what Bert Guardiola is perfect for. Um, an absolutely wondrous player who could really. I think I think I think if it, if he, he if he is the one to replace Laporte, then I don't think we're going to see a real big drop in quality, especially after his first year, because as we all know, it takes a year with Pep. <laughs> so <laughs> the maddest thing you right? when you said, <laughs> you, no, on, mate, this is the maddest thing, honestly. Um, Ollie, when you just said that about calling him Mini Pep, and obviously the names being quite similar, I've just looked at the etymology of both, right? The name Yosko, <laughs> here we go. So listen to this. The name Yosko derives from the Hebrew Yehosef, and it's a hypocritic form of oh my God. Joseph, right? Oh Seriously, <laughs> yeah. It's an alternative form of Joseph, which is obviously where Pep, Yosef, Joseph mm. comes from. And the etymology for Gvardiol originates from Novigrad and is linked to the Roman verb guarder, to guard, and is related to the Catalan surname Guardiola. <laughs> you weren't lying. <laughs> In effect, it Yosko no. Guardiol translated to Catalan is Josep Guardiola. Guardiola. I swear to God. Now, now, That's now, freaky. Now, now, Pep, you need to tell us where you were 21 years and nine months ago, mate. If you were on holiday in Croatia, Pep, you know, you might want to keep that one quiet. Mm. D- get rid of them playing Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. That is Allegedly. wild. It, it, it is literally a direct translation. They <laughs> have effectively the same name. That's scary. I, I mean, That's, that's really scary. I mean, it's kind of funny calling him Mini Pep when he is quite a bit taller than Big Pep. You know, this is, this is it. A lot, a lot wider, you know, a lot. He's been in the <laughs> gym a lot more. Let's yeah, just put that's it that blow, way. That's yeah. actually blown my fucking mind. Yeah, that is that's a good spot to be fair. When, when you when you came out saying it, it's the maddest thing you've ever heard, I was I was a bit skeptical because I'm thinking I've heard some mad things in my time, <laughs> but I have to say that is that is up there. But he is um, as you know piggybacking on what Ollie said. You know, if you were to ask and Ollie Kirsch, you're, you're a big fan of AI, as we've joked about along a lot of the time. Oh time. god, if here we go. Put, if you were to put in a Pep Guardiola centre back into Chat GPT or whatever sort of system you want to use. It would probably deliver Guardiol, wouldn't it? You know, he isn't sort of, he isn't gangly tall in the sense that he sort of sticks up above the rest. He's six foot one, which is obviously a very decent height for centre half. Just smaller than the poor, just taller than Ake for anyone wanting that sort of reference. Um, obviously, as as Ollie mentioned with the stats, he's amongst the top one percent of passes 
uh, centre backs for passing statistics, passes attempted, sorry, in European football. His pass completion rate it hovers around 89% on average per game. He is obviously going to be that player who is going to carry the ball out from the left side and look to start, start attacks. And I saw a few people online over the last couple of days debating whether or not with Cancelo likely to lead, be that on loan or a permanent move with Kyle Walker pushing for a move away. Obviously, Sergio Gomez's future is also up in the air a little bit. Who will City go after in the fullback region, assuming that they will do, having let all of them go? But this this is the man, isn't it? You know, we saw at the back end of last season, City's four at the back system, Guardiola, the uh, the the Catalan version, and the fifty two year old, not the uh, not his love child from Croatia, referenced the fact that it was in his eyes the four centre backs that got City to the Champions League, and and I think he said something like to quote him defenders that can defend us like proper Sam Allardyce quote but in in that essence of you know you do if you're going to be successful in Europe and in the Premier League at the same time you do need that gutsy mentality but also couple that with somebody who's got that playing ability of someone like Laporte this looks Mm. like a a fantastic deal should obviously we'll caveat City get it across the line yeah I'll preface this by saying I don't watch tons of Bundesliga so I've got a pretty objective view here because I'm not taking the eye test, right? I'm trusting the write-ups of uh, mm. a number of Bundesliga football journalists. I'm looking at the the stats. You know, I've got all the spreadsheets out and the FB ref. Um, my from from my eye test with Guardiola really is fairly limited to the Champions League, so I can take a fairly objective view here. And the one thing that sticks out to me more than anything else is his statistics on the ball in terms of not only his progressive passing, et cetera, mm. and his, his heat maps and all of that, but um, 88.9% take-on success percentage, which is remarkable mm. for a centre-half. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've got I've got a, car- a, a comparison up here with Ake because I think that's, in the starting 11, he's the man he's likely to replace. Um, his distance per 90 carrying forward is 70-odd metres more or 70-odd yards more than Ake. Um, he is a lot more comfortable on the ball with Ake, and Ake is no stranger mm. to holding the ball at his feet. So from, again, we're not going off the eye test here. I'm very much being a statone and anorak on this one and, and reading all the all the pieces mm. that are scout reports that I can on him, but... It wouldn't surprise me if if Pep's going to further evolve this system of having a false fullback slash false centre-back and start playing with the passing angles with a left footer and a right footer. So Mm. what's been happening is that it's been Stone stepping up into midfield with Rodri and then we've got two right footers on the pitch. Now, the benefits that you get from having a left-footed centre-back like Laporte in the additional passing angles that are opened up, I think Pep might be wanting to experiment with that and have Gvardiol slotting in at left Mm. defensive mid next to Rodri. So I think we're going to look quite dynamic next season. I think it's going to be a further evolution from the system we've been playing. And it will be both Stones and Gvardiol stepping up into midfield next to Rodri, depending on where the passage of play is. It's Mm. hard to visualise right now, maybe, but I think it's going to make that false centre-back slash false full-back a more fluid and dynamic approach as opposed to one player stepping up and down. It's going to be two next to Rodri. Yeah, and and obviously when you mention that, if, if this deal does come off, I'm, I'm excited to see the, the passing maps. And for anyone obviously not sort of um, as enchanted by the statistic side of football, the, the, the maps that 
sort of people produce where defenders or midfielders or attackers have played the passes and it sort of creates this little web and you can really see how a team likes to progress the ball from back to front and and like you say if that is the case if City are able to almost make it a symmetrical system with both cent- or both wide centre halves being able to step into midfield and provide those passes it, it should look fantastic and it should make City much more balanced because um, Squarker did a, a decent comparison with the two left footed centre half City have at the club already with Gvardiol um, and sort of running through the categories Gvardiol tops most of them I think the only real ones that he's not on top of uh, uh, the likes of tackles on, on average per game where he makes one and Nathan Ake makes 1.3 so it's very marginal and pass accuracy percentage as well but you have to look at that and say he's playing with lesser players at RB Leipzig so you should imagine if it is De Bruyne if it is let's say who's well who's going to be at the club next year that's a better question um Phil Foden or Grealish receiving the ball off him is probably more chance he's going to be able to they're going to be able to receive it and they should bump those statistics up a little bit but um Ollie McCall then to sort of head towards wrapping this up it obviously means that at least one player is going to have to go out in that sort of in that position in that area of the pitch we expect it to be I merit Laporte obviously he was in tears at the end of the Chelsea game when City lifted the Premier League trophy um but more importantly what do you think this means for Nathan Ake because City did a lot to keep hold of him well they did they did a lot whilst doing a little basically they said to Chelsea if you want to spend the money on on him bring us a, a big offer uh an offer that many people thought was a bit unrealistic obviously this season he's proved it not to be the case so what what do you think City what do you think that means for Nathan Ake who was one of City's best players in the treble run if someone like Vardiol comes in will he still get the minutes is there going to be a bedding in period do you expect for, for Vardiol or is he ready to rumble I, th- I think we'll probably see a kind of, I, d- I don't want to hedge my bets, but, you know, we'll see a bit of all three there. I mean, there's talk of Nathan Ake getting a new deal to kind of reward him. And if he signs mm. it, he'll sign it knowing that Vardial's coming in or has already come in by that point. Um, as we've always seen with Pep, it takes a year um, in any position on the pitch. Uh, it's probably, you know, as much as it is probably one of the hardest positions to play for Pep, it's also one of the easiest to bed in at. Um, you know, you look at Manuel Akanji this season, you look at Ruben Dias a couple of years ago, you look at Armerit Laporte, he joined mid-season and played, what, two days after arriving. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's... So I, I, I don't think Nathan Ake should really be, be worried because at the end of the day, his amount of competition isn't changing. Um, he still had to fight his way back into playing the Champions League final. Um, and mm. you got And you've got to remember, you know... He was already in the team when Cancelo was kicked out the door, you know, and we're and we're seeing Laporte go and Walker go, so we're almost a body down, and we're not linked to any right backs either. So, you mm. know, I think we'll probably see Manuel Akanji step up in the kind of Kyle Walker role as such um, on that side, and then it's kind of a straight shootout between Ake and Gvardiol for the left, um, which is what Nathan Ake has been used to at this club. You know, he he know, he knows he you know no one is guaranteed a spot in this team. Gladiol won't be just because of an eighty million or a hundred pound million, a hundred million pound mm. price tag. No one is guaranteed their spot. Um, but the kind of the, the best thing I could say for him, for Gladiol, is that him his he doesn't affect the Edison and Ake chant. Uh, his name can just <laughs> slot perfectly in there. So you know he's already won he's already won up better than Laporte for for a start. 
Um, who, who, who does he go next to? Because that, that's a that's a tricky one, especially after a few beers, if you're having to pronounce. Because he's got the sort of name that for an English speaker, and I've probably stumbled across uh, over it a couple of times. That it just doesn't it doesn't work with the sort of the tongue, the way that the, the language works. Gavardi, we, we just we just sing the Guardiola chant for him. We've got yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we've got Guardiola and Guardiola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you know, these are things that will be debated by City fans for the next few months, no doubt. Um, you know, every new chant mm. that appears on the terrace that appears on the terrace is, you know, is either kicked out immediately or it sticks around for six months, and then, you know, you get Jack Grealish drunkenly mm. walking down a corridor in Istanbul going out. <laughs> um, we need a Harlem one. That's got to be the next on the agenda. Sure. A proper what are you Harlem saying? Song. Are you saying just chanting Harland? Harland isn't isn't doing it for you? Sure, it's like not. the old Sergio. Sergio. Like, yeah. We need like, a proper like, Harlem. Like, like we did for Ruben. Like we did for Leroy. You know, it's an iconic chant. The mm. two syllable one, almost as iconic as going Chelsea, 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 as the as the Blues in London do. <laughs> um, but we've gone off topic there. I mean, I mean to, to wrap to pretty much wrap up for me. He's a proper fearless defender. I can't wait to see him come in the door because I just think, you know, you know, it's it's gonna be something that revolutionizes the backline because they've all got a step you know whenever someone new joins in your position you've got a step up um you know and it'll be the same for you know Kovacic joining um you know if, if Gundogan stays he's got a step up or you know Phil Foden who's been playing in midfield in the last mm. few games he's gonna have to step up or Kevin De Bruyne when he's back from injury he's gonna have to step he's gonna have to prove himself again because that's how Pep works and I love it you know, yeah. we all ha- we all have our favourite players. You know, I-, I don't think any of us begrudge Imeric Laporte for wanting to go because he's been a fantastic servant of this club. You know, you can't forget the run he put together with a pretty much done for knee uh, at the end mm. of the twenty one twenty two season uh, with our- as our only centre back left. So you know, no one can begrudge him for leaving, but also no one can begrudge Josco Guardiola coming in for a massive fee because uh, I just think he's going to be a seamless fit here and I'm so excited I'm genuinely excited for it you know you know usually it's the forwards you get excited for coming in but you know I'm I'm excited Mm. for a six foot one Croatian centre-back um you know (laughs) how weird does that sound but it's going to be great because I just I just can't see this not working out really because he just looks perfect for us Famous last words. Famous I'm last just words laughing there. every time I hear the words now, Josco Guardiola, because I'm just <laughs> thinking Pep Guardiola. It's now, it's now completely interchangeable in my head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Um, just quickly then, Ali Kirsch, on this on this transfer before we go, um, is swapping Laporte for Guardiola the best sort of move in terms of getting the best looking defence in history? Because there's already some, you know, uh, there, there's some lookers in there already. John Stones, Diaz, etc. Kanji was rocking a cool look towards the back end of last season. Is this sort of another step towards uh, Cheekbones FC, as some of yeah, the, the kids he's, like he's to a, say? He's another alpha, isn't he? He's another meathead yeah, in there. He's, yeah. he's, he's, more, he's definitely more Ruben Diaz than, uh, mm. than anything else. But um, look, if he can play as good as he looks, I'll be delighted. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's a decent place to to end, um, guys. Thank you very much, not only from today but also for the season. Only McCall, that's you done for the uh, the twenty twenty two twenty three campaign. You can you can head back off and hopefully watch uh, England win the the Test match and hopefully the series. I know um, we'll all be apart from Ollie Kirsch looking on with intent. Yeah, I, ho- I hope they score loads of home runs, guys. <laughs> four one foot off Australia. Come on. Here we go. This is, what, this is what summer's all about, you know. The football season's ended, and there's and the, and there's the ashes, and I don't care if they won today because we're gonna fucking batter them like Manchester City battered teams all over last season. 
I, I, I hope, yeah. I hope by the end of it, they're feeling as small as Lissandro Martin as does every day of his life. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that came from that, on the podcast. That, that was that was below the belt, which ironically for Martinez is about <laughs> chest high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ollie Kirsch, any last words before we bounce? No, mate, I think I'll leave it on that one. <laughs> and before they come after us, that's enough from me. Um, Adam and I will be with you on Friday for your final show of the season, handing out some awards, handing out some flowers, speaking about our best moments, not only on the pitch for City, but of this year on the podcast too. Um, as always, follow, subscribe. My earphones just falling out. I'll continue. Um, it's been a pleasure. Until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.